So we're in a recession right now. I don't care what anyone says. It's like walking outside and it's raining and you're getting wet and someone's saying, oh, the sun is shining. Well, no, I'm wet. You don't need to tell me. I, I understand really what's going on because people know. They go to the grocery store. They go to the gas station. I mean, they know that things are tough and we're in a recession right now. a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on Processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Inflation. It's constantly in the news and it's easy to see why. When everything we buy costs more, each dollar in our pocket is worth less than it was before. And while it's easy to cut back on unnecessary expenses here and there, no one wants to severely cut back on their lifestyle. Sometimes cutting back simply isn't an option. The things we need, like groceries and gas for our car, they're all rising, and we all need to buy these items. That's why it's extremely important to factor in inflation into your retirement plan. While it's nice to hope for the best, sometimes it's more prudent to prepare for tougher times. No one knows how long inflation will last and if it could lead to a recession or if we're already in one. But there is something you can do about it. You can create a plan of action. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all of our questions and to give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer with Ed Sedell. Ed, how are you? You know what? I'm doing good, man. (laughs) Santa's on his way, right? Been a very long time since we did a podcast. It has. It's been uh, about seven weeks. So it's been a been yeah. a long time. Been a long time. A lot of things going on. So I'm I'm glad to be back doing this. You know, and this inflation thing. Yeah. So this is a recap or a redo or an update of the inflation one that we did in April. Yeah, I feel like it's like the constant that we hear. Oh, well, it, it is. You know, and. Statistics, right? There's lies, there's damn lies, and there's statistics. And what we're seeing right now, I think across the board, and this is what's driving me crazy, is they're just they're surfacing a lot of the numbers, right? And they're just looking at those numbers without going into depth. It was, it's kind of like reading a book, right? Or uh, judging a book by its cover. So you get the book, you look at the cover, you read the title, and you're like, I get what it's about. But you don't know the whole story. It's the same thing when you're looking at these numbers. It is so important to understand how all of them kind of interconnect and in, in what they all mean. And, you know, as the feds continue to raise rates, you know, they, they said again today. So this is December 6th. Yes, yeah, it so is. It's December 6th. So this isn't going to come out probably until next week. And 
One of the things that was probably the most disturbing is the Fed said that they're going to keep raising rates until we hit 2%. And, you know, personally, when you look at everything, I don't know how they're going to do that without completely crushing the economy. Because so if it's at right, so they they want to get to to two percent. Right now, it's the, depending on what you look at. We'll just say seven eight percent. I would not be surprised if they do a soft pivot or they change that number from two percent to to three, or maybe even bump it up to three and a half or four percent because two is pretty low. Well, and and the pundits, I swear to you, want to influence as we get closer to this Fed date next week. You hear them all. They're all trying to push their pressure. And we heard it earlier this week. We heard it last week. Oh, we hit bottom. We hit bottom. You know, we're we're done. FTX. That that was the the bell ringer, right? The, so the bell ringer, just for everyone. The bell ringer is, that's an old term from <laughs> the 70s, 80s, and 90s when uh, there's that one client that you have and says, I'm, I'm getting out of the market, and then everything turns around and goes right back up, okay? Well, and so FTX was, quote, unquote, the bell ringer, okay? That was, you know, everyone said that the feds are going to keep pushing until something breaks, and FTX, which is the crypto, right? Everyone's innocent until proven guilty, but that was the the crypto custodian that um, I guess there's millions of people that lost money, billions and billions of dollars. Before you, we go from since you're going to talk about that, everybody always says, "How is that even possible anymore that something like that can happen?" The only reason I want to touch on it ever so slightly is because it does kind of shock me because it's pretty tough to have this well, happen. Well, and and look at the people. And and the corporations, I mean, we're talking well-known um, financiers that have lost hundreds of millions of dollars. They just wrote a check to individual, you know, they just scratched the check. Well, and everything was commingled, <laughs> yeah. And, and and so we could do a whole podcast on it. Maybe we should. So that was the bell ringer, right? Um, and so then they were like, well, you know, now the, the feds are going to pivot. And they're not going to raise rates as much. But you had the Kansas City Fed chief or chair, Atlanta and Cleveland saying, uh, 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 no, 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 we're, we're kind of looking at everything right now, which is what I've been saying all year. There's more things going on than just the inflation. We have to understand that our inflation is not relegated to the U.S. We printed off so many trillions of dollars. It was over four trillion dollars in the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. Well, because we don't make anything in the U.S., Right. We're exporting our inflation to all these other countries because we're importing all these goods that we're buying. And as a result, the strength of the dollar, right, it hit an all time high. It was it was almost I think at one day it didn't close at one fifteen, but at at one point in time, it hit a high during the day of a little over one hundred and fifteen dollars. Right. And I think this morning it was, you know, back down to, you know, one oh four. And, you know, and I've been saying all along as we're talking and doing these interviews on all these shows that, you know, it's that 104, 103, 104 mark is when we're going to start seeing some some issues. And here's the problem. We're going we're gonna to want it's a double edged sword. Right. We're, we're a victim of our own success because as the feds want to slow the economy down to put inflation at bay. And what is inflation? Inflation is way too many dollars chasing way too few goods. OK, so if you slow the economy down, that means there's not as many dollars. OK, but the problem is, is that now all of a sudden all these goods, because there was a, a trade deficit that started getting smaller and smaller and smaller because the value of the dollar was so high. Um, and that made our trade deficit look really good, which in turn for two months in a row, in October and November showed our GDP 
was higher, which means the economy was growing. But again, it's it was a false narrative, right? Because if you if you look at the strength of the dollar, and then you look at exporting all of our oil reserves, our strategic oil reserves, we're exporting them. So I think we're the reserves are they haven't been this low since I think 1982 or 1983, something like that. And if we keep going the way that we are right now. By this time next year, we're not going to have any reserves, so the cost of energy is going to go super high. And so it's that victim of our own success. Now, you have these Fed chairs saying, uh, they're digging into the numbers like we've been looking at them, saying, uh, yeah, everyone else is servicing them. There's bigger problems at bay here right now. So we have the issues that we just talked about. But the other thing that I think is just concerning um, I don't want to say scary because, you know, then everyone's going to say, oh, my gosh, Ed is saying the sky <laughs> is falling. But it's disconcerting is the debt bubble. Yeah. All right. So so much leverage. The market is way over leveraged, which is why in January right, uh, of this year, we started taking huge positions in cash. And, we, and we've kind of held those positions for the most part the majority of the year. And the reason we did that was because the market was so over leveraged. It was over five times the amount of leverage, which means people were borrowing money to invest. Mm -hmm. And there's a direct correlation between, there's run out on video, but if you could see it, between, you know, the amount of borrowed money mm -hmm. uh, in the market and the growth in the S&P. So these are numbers directly from FINRA and the New York Stock Exchange. And like I said, it was over five times what it was during the housing bubble. And think of what happened there. So it's five times more borrowed money as of December a year ago than during the 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 housing bubble crisis. And there's also a direct correlation between leveraged money in the market, how much borrowed money has been invested, and all consumer debt, as well as corporate debt and everything else. And so the chickens, is the chickens are coming home to roost? Is that the right term? <laughs> well, and... and I, I, right? That is the the saying there. But what I, I wanted to kind of focus in on a little bit was just talking about every day they bring on Two opposing pundits. All right. I, and and I'm trying a lot of times you say I say to you, hey, positivity comes from positive thinking. Right. But the numbers as they are right now, as all of us are looking at the numbers, they're not adding up. A plus B does not equal C right now. And nothing is making sense. So they are all just throwing darts at a wall. I swear to you, it sounds like they're all just throwing darts at a wall. You know, I'm not sure how to respond. All, all, so we, we did that one interview on market list, right? And, and we had the opposing view from mine. And they're like, no, 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 invest in this, invest in that. You know, we we basically hit bottom and this is great and we should do this. That's and that. exactly what I'm talking about. Bottom, bottom, bottom. And we've had like five bottoms already, I think. Well, you know, and I think next year it's going to get a little ugly because you, you've got, uh, so last month we were down across the board. You've got Google to Amazon, every sector, Amgen, Salesforce, Meta, which is Facebook, you know, it's close to 150,000 jobs that were lost just last month. And here's the scary part is that most layoffs don't occur until when? First quarter. After Christmas, after the holidays. Okay. And so what this is telling me, these corporations are starting to react to what small business owners have been doing all year because as small businesses, it's all about cash flow, right? So it's an immediate response. So you, they, small business owners feel what's going on immediately. Well, these corporations, now they're starting to feel it. So the numbers came out for Black Friday, biggest Black Friday, breaking records, yada, yada, yada. And what I've been saying is, okay, so they're spending more. People, consumers are spending more. But it's debt. But but well, that too. But are they buying more or are things just costing more? Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and then to your point, Leanne, I mean, how are they paying for it? Yeah. Right. And so that goes back to what the feds came out with the report in, in November that said, you know, we hit an all time record high of debt, consumer debt of sixteen point five trillion dollars in consumer debt. And we added one point two seven to that, which brought it up to the sixteen point five over the last year. And that was consumer debt. So that was mortgages and revolving credit card debt. So people are, because things are costing so much more, yes, gas prices have come down a little bit, but, you know, we haven't hit winter. And, you know, things are, I think next year, you know, the economy is going to slow down. I think the jobs that we've been seeing so far, it's been catch up. You know, it's catch up of the, the 22 million jobs that were lost over COVID. So I think that's caught back up. The grass is always greener kind of mentality for, for a lot of employees. You know, we're jumping from job to job every, you know, 30, 60 days. That's kind of ended because all these layoffs, people were like, ah, no, you know what? I'm just going to stay put. I, I've got it good right here. But I'm not the only one that's seeing this at the grocery store level. One week, you'll have potatoes. And then the next week, there'll be no potatoes. And then you'll walk down the Walmart aisle and there'll be not one stitch of chips. And then the, the next week, it is completely like stocked to the hilt. Now, again, you're talking about supply chain. We're talking about all these different influences that come into why things get, you know, but again, if you have no chips on the shelf and people are all wanting their chips, they're going to cost more. When they come in, they're just going to cost more. Well, you know, that's a good point. So you brought up Walmart. So Walmart's earnings. So earnings season just happened. And I think next year is going to be sobering as far as the earnings season. But Walmart's was beat expectations. And so in one day, it went up over 6%, the value of the stock, the stock price did. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, look at that. It's great news. Remember, servicing the issues, you know, judging the book by its cover without knowing the whole story. And people just didn't dig into what the report actually said. So what they disclosed in the report was unnerving because that what they said was they had more affluent people shopping in Walmart, okay, than <laughs> ever before. Good, that that's not a good sign. No. In the groceries, for groceries. So the uh, the they they were no longer shopping at the bougie the whole the Whole Foods they were no yeah, longer the, at whole the bougie Foods. whatever yeah. you know type yeah. markets that cost a whole lot more because they wanted to be able to maintain their lifestyle and eat the same way but it's just going to be at a cheaper price and then what they also said is those that typically shop at Walmart they were no longer buying name brands and instead of buying steaks they were buying hamburgers and not only that but they were buying more generic. But what they also said is that their hard goods, their durable goods, the sales were down a little bit. And that's a big deal because the margin of profit is much higher on the hard goods and durable goods than on the groceries because, you know, the, the groceries, they cycle in, they cycle out, and the cost of transportation and gas and fuel and energy and all these other things. So that's kind of a sign of things to come. If we're already seeing that right now, prepare for next year. And I think it's, as far as the economy goes, it's going to get pretty tough next year. Now, the market is always a leading indicator, all right? So the market will lead the way if we're going into recession, it kind of reacts first. And as we're coming out, it reacts first. No one's got a crystal ball, but I think next year towards the end of the year, possibly, that the market uh, uh, could level out. Does that mean it's going to be positive? You know what? I don't know. Um, but it Hit could the be. The bottom is there. Is that? <laughs> well, <laughs> so you know, I, I, the bottom. Yeah. And, and, I know. You know, we're going to see a whole lot of things next year. If things keep going the way that they are and the feds really do get tight you know, with interest rates and continue to raise them, you know, I, I think that the S&P probably could hit 3,500 and dip that low and we could break a, a, a new low. 
going into next year. I just think the one thing that I've realized, and, and I do watch all the shows, I watch them all because I'm just curious from one to the next. And it is across the board you, for every guy that says the bottom is here. You have somebody that says, look out, the crash is coming. Well, and that's and good because it makes you think, right? You, it makes you delve into the numbers a little bit more. So the big question is, all right, so what are we telling our clients? What, what are we doing to, to help? Well, going back to the same old thing, you got to have a plan. That That is probably the most important thing based on your budget of risk, right? It's a hate risk tolerance. It's a budget. You know, how much mathematically can you afford to lose and still be able to live and enjoy retirement and live and prepare to retire versus how much money can you lose and be able to sleep at night? Now, I think we've hit that maximum capacity. You know, how much can you lose and still be able to sleep at night for most people right now? And, you know, the old adage used to be, well, put your money in bonds. That is the saving, <laughs> right? So at one point, the TLT, which is the 20-year treasury, ETF, um, that, you know, that was down over 35%. Yeah. Right now, as of today, it's down over 27%. VB, VBI, VBTIX, or the Vanguard Bond Index Fund, you know, it's down over 15% year to date. So these are the safe havens. And what are we doing? Depending on everyone's risk, I mean, we still have a big position in cash uh, because I think there's going to be some good buys next year. Value like Berkshire Hathaway, Johnson & Johnson, P&G, Exxon. I like energy. I mean, I think that those portfolios and... And yet they're telling you run away from Vroom, run away from Peloton. They're, I mean... Well, uh, any uh, any of those high-tech, high-flying growth companies where they're not reinvested, they're not stable, you know, they're not dividend producing. Those things are a little scary. I mean, look at uh, uh, Meta, which is Facebook, uh, down over 60%. You know, so I, I think it's, it's, it's those uh, stable funds going forward that are important. But then the other thing that we can look at is not just the cash and, and value. And I love energy. I think that that's going to be good long-term play uh, in the near future, but um, I-bonds, you know, I-bonds. And then the one-year T-note, you know, those things, that one-year treasury. And that's the other thing. So we're in a recession right now. I don't care what anyone says. It's like walking outside and it's raining and you're getting wet and someone's saying, oh, the sun is shining. Well, no, I'm wet. You don't need to tell me. I, I, I understand really what's going on. Because people know they go to the grocery store, they go to the gas station. I mean, they know that things are tough and we're in a recession right now. It just it kills me. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. <laughs> look over here. <laughs> no. But the other thing that I think we focus a lot on in our plans, and this is the one thing people don't know where their money is being spent right now. And I think it's really important that budget. to focus on the budget as well as what you're going to invest in, but also sometimes when people add up those dollars and they see where they're going, that is when, because I've heard it 5 million Things times. Things haven't changed. Nothing's changed. We, we do the in review. Hey, send in your budget. Let's go ahead and run the numbers. No, nothing's changed. Really? So things aren't costing more. You're eating less and driving less. Well, no. Well, yeah. Look, we need a budget. And lo and behold, oh my gosh, I'm spending 25% more than what I thought. Exactly. And that's kind of what gets people in that spot where they're like, oh my gosh, now what am I going to do? So as much as uh, focusing on the investments, focus, focusing on your risk, what, how you're going to make sure that your losses are are not going to keep you up at night. Safety, income, and growth, yeah. right? So having enough because, it, you know, in that income slot um, so that it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, in the market, you're still going to be able to maintain your lifestyle. That's why that safety, income, and growth is so important. Having that plan is so important. And giving us the information, Right. I mean, garbage in, garbage out. 
I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It is something that none of us like. But when you sit down to pay your bills and you actually add up what it's not hard to see that bank statement. If all of your I mean, some of us do it by credit card. So we get our points. Some of us do it through a debit card. But you're able to see what those expenses that are outgoing every single month. And when you see that number start to climb, then that's that's where you need to start focusing in on where your money's being spent. And you want to make sure you pay those credit cards off because, you know, these store credit cards, um, they're going up, up pushing 25 percent, 26, 27. And in the bank cards are getting upwards of, of 20 percent. So, I mean, that's a I mean, think about it. If, if you have something that's on a credit card and interest rate of 20 of, percent, uh, OK, and you buy something and you don't pay it off and you're just paying the minimum at the end of five years, you've bought that that same item again. So, I mean, that's when it gets expensive. So you want to make sure that you pay those off and having that plan and what we do for everyone, we make sure that it's the, the most efficient use and effective use of, of your money. All right. Well, we're offering a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation and a portfolio review to get your questions answered. You may be surprised that you're in better shape than you think. Absolutely. That's right. So uh, if you would like to give us a call and get scheduled, our number is 614-526-4118. Or you can send us an email at info at egsifinancial.com. Again, thank you very much. Thanks, Leanne. Hey, when was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.